A win is a win. A win is a win. That's all we've been saying all season, right? A win is a win. In this case, a win is a win. When you've lost three in a row, a win is a win. (laughs) I'm going to surprise people here. We're going to talk about the Eagles win, 33. Um, They beat the uh, Giants, 33-25. to And I'm going to surprise people because I know the feeling after this game was doom and gloom. And trust me, trust me when I say we are going to have a lot to talk about in regards to the many issues that are still clearly present on this team. But I really thought that the Eagles offensively played a really good game according to their talent. I don't believe they were well coached offensively. That's something we're going to talk about in a little bit. But if you asked me about the players, I thought for the most part, our players on offense played really well. We had one short field. We scored 33 points in the NFL. I mean, like, think about that. You scored 33 points in one short field to do it. You win. You should win in the NFL when you score over 30 points. You want to go over the five reasons why the Eagles won this game? Okay. Let's do this first, because then we'll get into, obviously, the crux of what scares most fans, and rightfully so. But fifth, I went with, how about, why did we have that one short field? How about Britton Covey, the punt returner? You know what's funny? (laughs) Go back to the show when we cut Britton Covey to start the season, and what I said. Put him on the practice squad. All these moves where it's like, oh yeah, you could just get away with it. You could just put him on the practice squad. Put this guy, like Christian Ellis, right? When we cut him a couple weeks ago, we were going to sneak him back onto our practice squad. Well, six teams put a claim in. I was stunned. Stunned. Nobody put a claim in for Britton Covey, especially after how he was really good as a punt returner the last half of last season. Well, guess what? He's been an excellent punt returner this season. In fact, he was excellent in this game, and this was the first game where I've actually ever seen him put the ball on the turf. I think he did it once last year, but he put the ball on the turf on his third punt return today. He actually let that ball, he misplayed it, it hit the ground. We didn't lose the possession or anything like that, but that was his first like mistake of the season in terms of returning punts. He had an excellent 54-yarder right at the beginning of the game here, got us a, our first score right off the bat, and then that short hop punt, to go and get that and get us the ball at the 50, it was just such a heady play by him. Britton Covey is an excellent punt returner. This guy has earned every aspect of being on this team. And I did like, for instance, when... <laughs> we're going to talk about the wide receiver screens, I promise. But they actually did one tonight where they gave the ball to Britton Covey early in the game. They didn't go back to it because it actually was the only one that worked. They gave the ball to Britton Covey, you know, your punt returner, put him in space, and he actually made some things happen. It works, so they just instantly stayed away from it. Now, fourth reason why, I'm going to give it to the offensive line. Now, I will say this. Did Jordan Mailata have some penalties in this game? Yeah, a couple boneheaded ones too. Lane Johnson got called for a very ticky-tack holding call. Uh, Kelsey had a false start. But remember this, no Landon Dickerson. I thought Suo Opeta played really good at left guard. I really do. I think today, like, you could tell this guy's more of a natural left guard than right guard. Cam Jurgens being back at right guard was a big help. The Giants brought it in this game. Like, they got a lot of pressure because they bring it. Wink Martindale just brings it. Brings it and brings it. And 
honestly, I don't think we got we had a sack. I don't think Jalen was sacked in this game. Now he was a big help in terms of not being sacked, sure. But I thought the offense line, especially in the run game, they were really good. I, obviously, they were really good. This was probably one of their better games of the season, in my opinion. Now, third reason why I went with the two receivers, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith in the first half was so good. It almost like makes you wonder why he was not a part of the second half at all. Like, you know, he was he was playing so well in the first half. He had the big play for the touchdown, all this, and then he was virtually invisible in the second half. And A.J. Brown, who was invisible in the first half, was all over the field in the second half. And I have no problem with that. Here was my issue. A.J. Brown had 11 targets. He had six catches, 80 yards. Fine. Devontae Smith had five targets today. Four catches, right? What do you have, almost 80 yards himself, 79? Why does he have four targets, or five targets only? Can we start throwing him the ball more? I mean, Jalen put it in the air 37 times. Like, that that's what I'm talking about in regards to coaching. This is coaching, guys. I, I know people will point, don't get me wrong, does the quarterback play? Of course, sure does. But I will tell you more about that when we get into the issues in this team. But regardless, I thought Brown and Smith played really well. Now, second reason why, I went with DeAndre Swift. I thought, this guy's unbelievable. I mean, he's an unbelievably good football player. Like, I, <laughs> he is so misused by the Philadelphia Eagles, it blows my mind. Here, you want to talk about an issue? Let's talk about this one. DeAndre Swift was a zero in our pass game today. DeAndre Swift is an excellent receiving running back. He has literally been a pretty much zero in our pass game the whole season. This is for an offense that has struggled mightily at times. DeAndre Swift is not used as a weapon in the pass game. Why are we not running angle routes with him out of the backfield, like the 49ers do with Christian McCaffrey? Right? Why are we not trying to get him one-on-one in space against the linebacker? I'm not saying get him one-on-one on the outside and try to hit a go route with him against the linebacker. He's not that type of route runner. Like he did that, what was it, last week where we tried to hit him on a slant and go, and he just ran a terrible route. But I, I, that's not what he's here to do. You're not trying to throw him the ball 40 yards down the field. He's a guy where if you get him in space, he can make things happen. Now, I, I'm sure this coaching staff will point back to that Tampa Bay game where the interception happened, where he went one way and Jalen thought he was going the other. That was week three. We are currently in week, what, 16? We haven't figured out those issues yet. And again, don't have to call necessarily an option route for him. Call an angle route. How about this for something, right? We love running wide receiver screens. We run them so much, even though they are literally a zero impact play on this offense. Like, they do nothing. They do absolutely nothing. In fact, they led to the Giants getting points in this game, ironically. But they're blitzing heavily all game. Let me ask you this. This is where, when I put out the thing about Sirianni and the acumen trying to fix this team that I don't believe he has, why not call running back screen? You know, like, this team, like, if all of us fans who saw the 2000s and how much success we had with, who was that guy we had? What was it? Brian Westbrook, right? And Brian Westbrook was the best running back screen, uh, like, a, a player I've ever seen. Like, in terms of being a receiver, the running back screen that they used with Brian Westbrook was almost unstoppable. We literally won playoff games based off of that play. And I know it's a new coaching staff, whatever. But... This coaching staff, 
has no earthly idea how to incorporate a running back screen. We did a couple of them. Remember what was against Kansas City? The ones over the middle of the field? Like, it's like a cross screen. It's not even a real running back screen. And I, I get it. I'm not sitting here saying there are teams that cue on that really well. But the Giants were bringing seven guys at a time in terms of blitzes. Like, th that just begs running back screen. And if they're going to defend it, force them. But we didn't even try it once. That's the issue. If we had tried it once or twice and it just didn't work, fine, hand up. But I mean, you were trying this wide receiver screen the entirety of this game, and that worked never. We ran about nine of those for no success whatsoever. We couldn't try a running back screen to DeAndre Swift because I have a feeling if they called one, he would have banged his head off the goalpost a couple times. You know that one touchdown he scored? He might have scored three or four. I'm being serious, too. Because he's such a weapon in the open field, too. When he gets in the open field, he's so quick. He can make people move. He's got juice. And he showed it in the run game tonight. And it's ironic, the last, what was it, three plays of us on offense tonight, where we were a first down from winning the game, when we literally ran the ball right down the field on outside zones, we went back to inside zones. Couldn't do what worked, had to tra uh, change it up, you know, because that's what this coaching staff does. But the number one reason why we won, the, uh, won this game today is Jalen Hurts. And I know people are going to say, how is Jalen Hurts the reason you won this game? Because for some bizarre reason online, I'm reading like Jalen Hurts played bad today. Did he make a mistake at the end of the first half? He sure did. Does he have to go out of bounds there? Sure does. If he goes out of bounds, we get another playoff. We might score four more points at the end of that half. That was incredibly, incredibly foolish by him. 100% hand up. I have no excuse for him. He was bailed out by an absolutely dumb penalty by the Giants for that delay of game. That was dumb. That was such a stupid play. It really was. And he knows it. He knows he made a dumb play. Does that mean Jalen Hurts is a dumb player? No, he made a dumb play. It happens. I saw Kirk Cousins do that. What was it? Remember years and years ago? He made a very stupid play when he what, dropped to a knee instead of spiking the football against us in the first half. In a game that was going to decide the division, by the way. It was us in Washington. So, okay, he made a dumb play. But we're going to sit here and say he played a bad game? I mean, we still got three points there. The interception, if you're calling him out for that interception, what are we talking about? Dallas Goddard just fell down, which by the way, Goddard, <laughs> this is why I didn't include him in the Brown and Smith thing, because he could have easily there, he had seven catches, he played a rather good game, except for this, because you ever notice what Goddard, he always has a play where it's just like, you put your hands up, you're like, what the hell was that? You know the Jets game this year where the interception happened, because he, he literally turned into a freaking defender and the ball goes flying in the air, like, like the, the Washington game last year where he was getting in the fumble. You know what I mean? It's just weird plays foul this guy. And it's always like the worst possible result comes from it. But this one here, it's an RPO, which by the way, he's put in the wrong position. You know, why is he our outside receiver on that play? Why is Dallas Goddard your ex receiver on this play? Just hand up. Somebody please tell me. You have uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Julio Jones, all who could, more than capable could play the X. You have Dallas Goddard out there. On second and, what was it, 20? And we're running an RPO, by the way. That should tell you everything you need to know. Regardless. But that was Jalen's interception. It was a good throw. So, 
I mean, I, I don't know what else he could have did. The third and 20 play was like, it saved the season. That throw, it saved the season. The guy threw for 300 yards in this game. 300 yards. He ran for almost 50, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what else he could have done. You know, he had a touchdown on the push. But he threw a touchdown to Devontae Smith. Let's see here. He threw for 301 yards. He had a QBR of 67.2. And he ran for 34 yards in a touchdown. Pretty damn good day, right? Statistically, it was. But even watching the game, I I mean, yeah, I guess the throw before the interception, the slant that he tried to hit A.J. Brown with, sure, if he put that on the numbers, it looks like that might have been picked. Okay, so what? He played the worst game ever now because of these? We're, we're literally nitpicking him? What was it? That I had to go online and, oh, Manuel Acho, right? Oh, man, he knows football, right? Because he played the linebacker in the NFL. like So he's the here all end all in terms of quarterback play now. Oh, he wanted to have an uncomfortable conversation about Jalen Hurts. I want to have an uncomfortable conversation about his football knowledge because I don't think he has much if you're saying that. Like you watching this game and you're telling me Jalen Hurts is the problem? I thought Jalen, like I said, he's the number one reason why we won the game. Cool, calm, collected. Coming off the disaster that was Monday night. I thought he responded and then some. Again, I, I, I like I said, I, I wouldn't want anybody else. I have full belief in Jalen Hurts. I know many people have jumped ship. That's fine. Go ahead. Jump off. Jump off. Go, st- like, and again, it's, it's crazy to me when I go online and I just read this stuff about people just done with Jalen. Oh, they got to get rid of Jalen Hurts. All this. It's like, okay. Yeah, let's get rid of the quarterback who took us to the Super Bowl last year and played, like, the best game besides Nick Foles I'd ever seen somebody play as an Eagle in the biggest game of the season. You know what I mean? Like, the biggest moment. I, I just think that a lot of people have, have to realize this. We had some tough times here. Sure. Relax. This guy's good enough. I know. I know you're scared. I know people are out there are scared if he's good enough. Trust me. He was good enough in February. He's good enough now. He is a winner. He wins. He had what? Everybody had an opinion before he had a purpose? Is that what it is? Believe in Jalen Hurts. You're okay. It's okay. I promise you. There's plenty to not believe in, in the Eagles. There's plenty. There are plenty of issues on this team. But I could safely assure to you, quarterback is not one. It's far from it. In fact, it's our biggest strength. It's okay. You know, like, I think people have to just come to this conclusion. Like, <laughs> it's not even that you're holding Jalen Hurts to a Joe Montana standard. People are holding him to a perfect standard. Nobody is going to play perfect. Mistakes are going to happen. There are going to be missed throws. There are going to be misreads. It is the NFL. This guy does it, though, at a level like he is so damn good. And everybody has to just relax with him. All your frustrations, I promise you, 
I promise you all of them tie back to the number one issue on this team, and that's the head coach. That is the head coach. And you saw it in this game. Like, I just talked to you guys all about DeAndre Swift and how he isn't used in the pass game. Whose fault is that? Whose? It's his offense, right? And if the play caller, if he has it built into his offense and the play caller is just ignoring it, then he's the head coach and he has to make an adjustment at the play caller position, right? That's what happens. I mean, (laughs) go through what he did in this game. You know the end of the first half, right? People are mad about Nick Sirianni at the end of the first half, or about Jalen Hurts at the end of the first half, not running out of bounds. Hand up. Like I said, that was Jalen's worst play of the game by seven miles. It was a foolish play. You know what else was very foolish? You know what else was really stupid? Um, When we ran the ball on second down, I believe 30-some seconds earlier, where there was about 45 seconds on the clock, Kenny Gainwell does an outside zone. He doesn't get out of bounds. Head coach Nick Sirianni lets 15 seconds just go off the clock and then calls a timeout because the team wasn't ready to instantly run another play. Now, sure, you could point the finger at the guys on the offense and go, they're not ready here. We have two timeouts, though. He sees that they're out of that they're not prepared for this. Call a timeout. That's the head coach. That's the guy who's supposed to be managing the game. And he wasn't managing the game. So when we look back at the end of the first half and what could have been, those 15 seconds that we would have had would have given us another chance to go at the end zone, by the way, there. They were taken away because he just decided to let those things run. He just let the clock just bleed out there. And then and then what he did at the last drive of the game, you know. By the way, Tommy DeVito was benched in this game. Tyrod Taylor comes in the second half. Tyrod Taylor is 7,000 times better than Tommy DeVito. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not a shot at DeVito or anything. I actually think Taylor is like one of the 32 best quarterbacks possibly in the league. I really do. I think he got a raw deal with the Chargers. He got hurt and all that stuff. He's always been... Like he, he, this guy started for Buffalo. He had success. He is a good and uh, an excellent backup quarterback, by the way, to have. So he comes in, he gives him some juice. End of the game, though. It's fourth and seven. New York has no timeouts, they have none. There is the potential, right? There is the potential here for them to get either a delay a game. Like they are getting out of the huddle fa- late, they're rushing to the line of scrimmage. They hiked the ball with literally, I think, zero or one second left. Like, they were not ready. Sirianni calls a timeout. Again, he could tell you all day that, hey, our defense, whatever. The New York Giants themselves, though, were not ready. And I ask you this. If they weren't ready, that doesn't mean we should not be ready. And you could blame Matt Patricia. That's his defense. Sure can. But Nick Sirianni said he doesn't call plays on offense because he is the head coach. He is the GM of the team. And it's the problem is he called the timeout with like zero seconds left. So what happens? New York sets up. 
regroups, converts the fourth down. I mean, that's what's happening here. That is what's happening with this team. He is the crux of all issues here. Like I said, on offense, we don't maximize the talent that we have out there. Devontae Smith is not maximized. A.J. Brown is not maximized. Like, we are not using him in his strengths. Like, he's the best slant runner in the league a couple times tonight. Trying to get him the ball in space, he's excellent after the catch. Doesn't happen. You know, like Debo Samuel, like A.J. Brown, I got a spoiler. Like, this isn't even a shot at him. A.J. Brown's better than him. (laughs) We don't use him at all. I'm not sitting here saying A.J. should get some handoffs or anything like that. Absolutely not. But I am saying, like, study what San Francisco does with Debo in terms of the pass game. Take some of that stuff and use A.J. in those ways as well. You know, Goddard, I said for all these things, but I mean, he's not maximized. I, I, The number one guy, DeAndre Swift, I mean, there's nobody less maximized than DeAndre Swift on this team. Like I said, we don't even use him in the passing game, something that he is actually a plus player at. We don't use him at it. It's coaching. I keep telling everybody, he is the biggest issue on this team, and it's by 10 miles. His acumen does not fit it. He did not create the offense that he runs. He took it from Frank Reich. And I get it. Every offensive coordinator took their offense from a head coach that probably, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not sitting here saying he had to create his own. But he never called the plays in Indianapolis, you know? Is he calling plays here? No. I just look at our team and I go, I told everybody, I just don't believe he has the acumen to fix these issues. And I, again, that sounds like I'm calling him an idiot. I don't believe he's an idiot. Not at all. I do believe he knows football. But he, it's just to me, this would work so much better if we had a legit offensive coordinator in the room with him. He's still learning on the job. Like five, six, seven years down the road, sure. Like, you know, you look at Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is a better coach today than he was five years ago. He learned. Like, I I don't have doubts that Sirianni can eventually learn. But, I mean, he's doing his best to get literally canned from this job. I'm telling you that. He's fighting with people on the sidelines, fighting with players, getting animated. Like, he's got to be composed. And he does not have composure whatsoever. Now, another reason why, another major issue on this team... Oh, yeah, that's right, the defensive line. Everybody not named Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox, mainly. You get nothing out of them. Nothing. Josh Sweat, I say his name every week, he is a zero. You get nothing out of Josh Sweat. Nothing. You get nothing out of Nolan Smith. Nothing. And this is terms of the pass game. You get nothing now out of Milton Williams. You're getting nothing out of Jordan Davis. He had a nice play on a run play tonight. Sure, yes, on a Tommy DeVito scramble. Jalen Carter, like, 
no earthly idea what was happening with Jalen Carter in this game. An absolutely dumb penalty on a punt that gave the Giants the ball back. Bailed out on a fourth down where he literally, he was offsides. He was bailed out on that call. But I mean, Reddick was the only one. He was all over the field tonight. He got an absolute criminal roughing the passer call on the last drive, which is another thing with the Eagles. We always seemingly give up that. We, we get more roughing the passers on final drives than any team I could ever recall. And Fletcher Cox, that's it. They're the only two guys that I have any faith in. It's crazy. It's just crazy how bad their defensive line is. Now that Patricia's calling the plays, like, we have to start getting creative with blitzes. We have to help the defensive line. They can't do it. They just can't do their job. We keep hoping they'll turn this switch on. They can't turn the switch on. They just can't do it. By the way, I'm watching the 49ers game. They're losing to the Ravens. And the 49ers quarterback just threw his fourth interception of the game. This one straight up caused by, you'll never guess this, pressure. from a, on a They rushed four. Their end one hits Purdy, causes a turnover. That's the thing. The Eagles don't cause turnovers. Everything's long field. Unless we get a punt return. Like, yeah, we have an interception on the last play of the game. That was a Hail Mary into the end zone. It'll go down as a turnover. But no, we lost this turnover battle tonight 2-0 because, oh yeah, that's right, on special teams, Alameda Zacchaeus smoked Boston Scott because he got blocked into him. You know, and Scott fumbles the football. New York instantly scores. And Goddard falls down on an interception. It's things like that. We don't force turnovers, though. None. The Eagles do not force turnovers at all. That's another problem with the offense. It's always long fields that we have to go to score. We have to run long drives. The one thing they did really well in this game, by the way, it's not talked about, they didn't force the ball down the field tonight. You notice that? I don't think Jalen threw the ball 25 yards down the field outside of the third and 20 play where he had no choice. And the offense ran better, go figure, because he just took what was given to him. Those big plays will come. When you constantly take what's given to you, Eventually, the defense moves up, and you're able to get those plays down the field. You would think the Eagles would know this, right? Our coaching staff, back to them, would know this because, that's right, we coach to that. Everything underneath, everything underneath. They'll get impatient. So when teams are giving us everything underneath, everything underneath, wouldn't you think that we would know the answer is just don't get impatient and take it, but we don't do that? But those are the two biggest issues by Miles, is their coach and their defense line. Now, what else plagues this team? Like I said, outside of the dumb turnovers that they have. How about this guy, Reed Blankenship? I like Reed Blankenship. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying he doesn't give max effort. He does. He gives a ton of effort. He is max effort on the field. Max effort. But he is such a liability in the past game, it's not funny. For him to give up that touchdown tonight, that's inexcusable inexcusable. Can't happen. And it just keeps going back to Howie Roseman and the personal decisions he made this year. That we're in this spot. The defense regressed. Well, no kidding. The talent we lost. 
That's the issues with this team. And and I'm just watching this 49ers game and I'm getting more pissed off because if they just handled their business in Seattle, the Eagles would be in the driver's seat for the number one overall seed still in the NFC. Like San Francisco is going to lose this game. They're down by, what, 17 points in the third quarter here. Yeah, they could still win. I'm not ruling anything out. Anything's possible. Sure. But man, oh man, it just pisses me off because you look back at the opportunity that was ahead of you. But that's where the Eagles are. This game, trust me, the Eagles, (laughs) they were so much better than the Giants, it wasn't funny. The score may not indicate it, and it really wasn't that close. Goddard falls down for seven points. Zacchaeus smokes Boston Scott for four. That was 15. Actually, it was 15 because they went for two on the one, the interception. 15 points that were just handed to them. You know, it really wasn't this close. But that's been the theme of the Eagles season. That's the problem. We make everything close. But I walked away from this game with a lot more positives in my head because I saw a lot of guys at least step up. But there's frustration there for sure because it shouldn't be this close. They shouldn't have to work this hard. There's so much dumb stuff that happens. Dumb penalties, dumb turnovers. Just the dumb stuff that they can't get out of football games. That's why they're in the spot they're in. You know, I know people want to hear, like, remember last year, our last game of the season, we played the Giants. They played their practice squad team, essentially. Like, Davis Webb, I think, started a quarterback, right? We only beat them 21-16. And our starters played. Because we had to lock up the one seed. Now, Jalen was coming off a major injury. Sure. I mean, it wasn't pretty. Our next game against them, we beat them 38-7. Up 28 nothing at halftime against their starters. And by the way, that was coming off of two straight losses, that team. You know what I mean? We lost a shootout to the Cowboys. Played our worst game of the season against the Saints the following week. Jalen comes back. We don't play really well against... Like, there was a lull. We had a bye and found it. Got to the Super Bowl. Should have won it. I'm not quitting on the season. My fear is in the coach because I just don't know if he knows the buttons to press, if he understands what's going on in the game. Like I said, maximize the guys on our offense. That's all I ask. All I ask. And he listens to the media because you know who didn't play in this game? And again, I'm not sitting here telling you this guy should play, but Quez Watkins didn't play. I don't recall seeing him on the field. I'll get the snap counts tomorrow, but I don't think he played. Okay. Like, yeah, he was a blatant reason that we lost last week's game. Don't get me wrong. Letting that interception happen. But why did it come to that? Why did it have to come from the media asking you about if he should be playing for him to not play? Like you saw Zacchaeus on the touchdown play to Smith, the blocking downfield. Quez brings a downfield threat. But he hasn't brought that downfield threat. And he was, quote-unquote, benched. Freaks and geeks of the week. Freak of the week, DeAndre Swift. We're going to give it to him. 
guy is a, like he should have had two touchdowns. The one that was called back was criminal. The sec, the what was it? Would have been our second touchdown of the game. The one where his knee, I, I guess, must have touched the tippy top of the uh, blade of grass. I love DeAndre Swift. I just want to see him in the pass game more. I want to see us utilize him in the pass game. Running back screens. Let's start that. How about somebody go down to the Novacare? Since, you know, we stand out there with trash cans and, you know, positive, all this stuff. How about this? Somebody go down to the Novacare and hold up a sign that says, Running back screen to Swift. Because apparently that works. Because Sirianni just listens to everybody. Geek of the week? For this one, very easily. The geek of the week is Nick Sirianni. I mean, you could go to Jalen Carter if you want it, Reed Blankenship. You know, there's guys, don't get me wrong, there are guys that could be geek of the week. But it's Nick Sirianni. Like I said, his inability to maximize the talent that we have on the offensive side of the football week in and week out is incredibly frustrating. That's all I'm saying, because it's there. We have immense talent. But I know everybody thought this was doom and gloom. They won the game. And right now, yeah, you want to start trending towards playing your best football. Sure. But the thing is right now, playing your best football will not win you a Super Bowl. It's just trending towards playing it because you need that in late January and early February. And that's the one thing I will say. I could see the Eagles trending in the right direction. And my hope is, my hope is that the coach leans on some people. Not the media. Not WIP. That he leans on some people. Like, I don't want him to listen to the radio stations and try to learn to do through what fans are saying. Call other coaches. Call call Frank. Ask him. Call John D. Flippo. Call these guys. Like, there are people around the NFL that are watching. Like, call. Just ask questions. It's okay. You could ask people. Hey, you watch our team. You watch our film. What do you think? What would you do? Just ask it for some suggestions. That's it. That's allowed. You're not a fool if you do that. You don't have to take everybody's advice. Just get it. Because if you keep hearing at least overall one common thing, that'd be something that you're like, you know what? Maybe we do have to address that. Sometimes it's it's hard to see the forest through the trees. That's all I ask. We'll be back Thursday. Preview the Arizona game. Kyler Murray's better than the quarterbacks we face today. So this defense, it's going to have to buck up. Just a heads up. The Arizona um, offense is much better than the Giants offense. Need to buck up. And now it's even more important because you're going to be playing for a chance at home field now. Because it looks like San Francisco more than likely... I mean, it might change with no Thursday, but they're in a strong position to lose this game. And if they lose, you got to play it out. Like, these last two games become uber important. They already are. 
You know, hey, by the way, we need Dallas to win next week. Just adds up to everybody there. If you want the two seed, you need Dallas to win. You need them to beat Detroit. And hey, everything's still in front of Dallas, even though they lost to the Dolphins. I mean, it, that game meant nothing for them. All it did was eliminate them from possibly getting the one seed. But the division, it meant nothing. <laughs> they were losing a tiebreaker to us no matter what. That loss is out of conference. So now if we lose to one of these two teams at the end of the season, they will win tiebreakers based on conference or division record if they went out. want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. And as always, go Eagles go. Thank you.